The creativity crisis. Are schools killing creativity in kids? Yeah, let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. And thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun Build episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our Cardio Miracle Studios. Want to improve your heart health with a delicious, nutritious supplement drink? Go ahead, stick around. I'll talk about that later. But first, yes, is is the school districts out there across America, across the world, killing the creativity in our kids? To discuss that and more, joining us today, Chad Stewart. Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show. Ah, great to be on. Thank you, Brian. Chad, great to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us. And before we dig into, yes, elephant in the room, kids constantly. I see them walking around, Chad. They're like this all day long in, in phones for the audio listener, not paying attention. Uh, they're, it, it seems like a lot of kids today, they're just stuck in, in, in a rut, whether it's, it's because they're online or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's because we've been teaching them the wrong way. Want to dig into that and more, but first, Chad, do us a favor. Introduce yourself here to the Brian Nichols Show audience, and also, what's that behind you, Britfield? What, what's that? <laughs> yeah, so uh, Chad Stewart. I'm originally from Newport Beach, California. I was back east, Wellesley, Massachusetts, for 16 years, and I did my undergraduate uh, work in uh, British literature and European history, which will explain my book series, and then uh, went on to postgraduate work, and then I was actually an investment banker. Uh, about 12 years ago, if you could imagine. A uh, very interesting world was at Bank of America, then I was at uh, Morgan Stanley Merrill Lynch. And it was about 12 years ago when I had the idea for Britfield Lost Crown. I had my moment, my creativity, inspiration. It was funny because I was sent down to this boring seminar in Providence, Rhode Island on the weekend that I had to attend. I think it was insurance. And I started to drift and I started to doodle. And I doodled a circle, three lines, a basket, a boy and a girl, and I wrote the boy in the balloon. And that moment that idea just came to me and i just thought gosh it'd be really fun to write this children's book series you know based uh starting in england present time and it's about tom 12 year old orphan and um and he's at this horrible orphanage weatherly orphanage he's been an orphan his whole life he's been at weatherly for for six years and this is the year he's going to escape and that's how it all started out and i and i went home and i just on one piece of paper i started to kind of plot out you know starts up in yorkshire and then heads to windsor and then uh, I'm sorry, heads to Oxford, Windsor, London, and then finally Canterbury, kind of covering all the key spots in England. Sat down, took me four years, 2,500 hours to produce book one of Britfield and the Lost Crown, and it's uh, 384 pages. And when I was writing it, I wasn't thinking series, nor was I thinking a 400-page book, but it just started to flow out of me, and I was just having so much fun writing. And it reminded me of a great quote by Beverly Clearly. She she wrote The Runaway Ralph and the Mouse of the Motorcycle, one of my childhood favorites. And she said, if you ever walk into a library or a bookstore and you don't find the, the book you're looking for, write it. And so I think I took that, uh, you know, verbatim and I started and I wrote it. And so we um, we launched it. So from concept and doodle to launching it, it was 10 years. We launched officially in August 2019. Uh, since then, it's become a national bestseller. It's actually in the top 1% of all books ever ever published. And uh, we're on our way in the next eight to 10 years to outsell Harry Potter. And it's one of the most awarded books in children's fiction. And uh, it's part of a seven book series. We launched Britfield and the return, I'm sorry, the rise of the lion book two in 2021. You can see that to my right. <laughs> and uh, we just launched uh, Britfield and the return of the prince book three last September. And so all the series takes place in different countries. It moves across the world. I'm working on book four right now, Eastern Europe, 
and Russia. Book five will be Asia. And then book six will be South America. Book seven, we come back to the United States. And I think what's uh, so engaging, I think what's what's um, impacted not just the nation, but worldwide with with Brifield is is that number one, it takes place in present time. I think people are so tired of the saturation of this nonsensical fiction. You know, it's mm. it's the demigods, it's the witchcraft, it's it's the superheroes, it's the occultism, it's the vampires, and it's just nonsense. It's a complete and total disconnect from reality. And so suddenly you have Britfield Lost Crown it takes place in present time. There is no magic. I mean, everything is as authentic as it can be. Locations, history, geography, art, architecture. Uh, we hit, you know, it's based on family, friendship, loyalty, and courage. And we hit the four C's throughout every single book, uh, creativity, critical thinking, communication, and collaboration. So, so it's a seven book series. I'm working on book four now. Uh, we're, in, we're almost in pre-production of the first of seven major motion pictures. We think we'll break box office records. We can come back to that. And we launched Britfield and Lost Crown, a theatrical play specifically for elementary middle schools uh, this January nationwide and, and globally. Wow. Okay. So a lot to unpack there. First, going back yeah. to you, you dropped a big name, which I'm sure lots of folks listening, they've at least heard of it, if not read the books, watched the movies sure. or something. Harry Potter. You said you're on your way to surpassing Harry Potter. That, that seems like that's a fool's errand, Chad, but like you're, you're actually on your way. I want to know what, what's been the feedback that's led you to have this success? Has it been parents wanting their kids to read something that actually means something or is there something else? Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, when I was writing this, this, these weren't all my ideas and intentions, right? But it just, it just came, it was incorporated into the book. And what we did in, in August, 2019, when we launched the book, book one, uh, we started a na 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 national school tour. And so I drove 9,000 miles, 23 states, and I presented at over 200 schools, more than 40,000 students, uh, usually fourth through eighth, huge auditoriums, two, 300 students. And, um, and it was just great. It was just so engaging. And I was there to talk a little bit about the book series, and, but I was really there about talking about the idea, talking about creativity, that we're all born creative, even if you don't feel creative. And sometimes you might have a, a great idea, but it's just not the right timing. And sometimes it might take three, five, 10 years, even 20 years to realize your dream or your idea, but just keep working at it every day. And I tell them about Britfield, you know, 10 years from concept to finally launching it. And I'm sitting here telling fourth, fifth graders, you know, 10 years of, of hard work, of rejection, of failure, of frustration, um, of just staying focused until the right timing hit. And then we launched it in 2019. And so I think that really kicked it off. And I think what's great about the book and what's engaging not just the parents, but the students, is that it's a fast-paced adventure series. It takes place in present time. And I hear this. We, we, we receive hundreds, if not thousands, of letters and feedback, literally not just across the nation, but globally. I mean, everything from Germany to New Zealand to Australia to England to, to Germany to Japan to Italy, um, of people that have read it. And our mm -hmm. youngest readers, seven, our oldest readers, 93 years old. Half of our reading audience are young adults or, or, or adults. And I think it's that they can relate to the story. It's a fast-paced adventure story. They can relate to the characters because they don't have magical powers, because they don't have superhero powers. And so hmm. um, children, you know, like, and I get the feedback from, from young kids, 11 or 12, you know, boys and girls. And it's just like they, they, they can relate to Tom. They can relate to Sarah. They can relate to the situations of the characters. They might not be chased by police officers. But it's constantly being, you know, stuck in a problem or trying to get somewhere and having to figure out how to get there. And Tom and Sarah are kind of talking and communicating and collaborating and critical thinking. And sometimes they have the right answers and they, they get to the next stage. Sometimes they have the wrong answers and they learn from it. But it's this type of authentic literature 
that I think is is really it, it is the new step. It is it, we say that Britfield is this generation's book series, and people are just tired hmm. of the crap. They're tired of the nonsense. There's an 85 percent gap in the entire worldwide industry for sort of family oriented, um, edifying, good educational books, and Britfield is is leading that pack. And we are we're, we say this to encourage anyone out out there. Don't duplicate what's out there because it's crap. You know, write something good and clean and authentic and don't feel that you need to compromise it with this heightened fantasy. It's it's fascinating. I want to go back to something you you raised up there that the kids are finding that they're attaching themselves more so to the characters because they don't have the magic powers. Right now, you think oh, absolutely you think like, you know, the kids watching Harry Potter or the kids watching Star Wars, the kids, whatever they're, they're watching, right, where there's there's that lore and. Sometimes I think we get into the mentality of, well, that's what's captivating is the story, but it's actually, it, you're, you're missing a piece because you can never be that character, right? You can exactly. never be Luke Skywalker because you don't have the force. You can never be no. Harry Potter because you don't have a magic wand and magic's not real. So like you're, I think you're, you're touching on something, Chad, that we've, we've kind of missed as a society is that there is beauty and there is there's a lot to unpack in normal life. And and yeah. we, we have to really focus on building these conversations and frankly, building these stories, not in some fantastical world, but in the world that we live in every single day because it's the world we live in every single day and the very real problems that we're facing that we have to deal with. And if kids think that I can deal with these problems by simply saying, these problems don't matter here or <laughs> Avedica, Davra, problems be gone. It doesn't work that way. You have no. to work together. You have to collaborate. I love the four C's that you just listed because kids aren't taught that nowadays. And I want to no. maybe transition a, a smidge towards how schools are killing the creativity in kids. And I look at the, the traditional education, if we can call it that, let's call it what it is, the government indoctrination schooling system, if we're going back to the Prussian model, and that is teaching yes. kids how to be good little test takers, how to be good little factory drones versus to actually think, to, to, to be you know creative, to have problem solving skills that translate beyond the classroom into the real world. I think there's a lot missing there, Chad. And you, you've been going around talking to quite literally thousands of parents and students in, in these schools, and you're seeing it firsthand. So give us kind of your, your, your I guess, take being boots on the ground. What's happening in these schools, and what do we need to do to help save our kids and their creativity? Yeah, great question. And and, uh, and yeah, it's sad. And I think that was part of our tour is it wasn't just to sort of, you know, launch the book and promote it. It was a grassroots effort. But I really wanted to just travel the United States. I wanted to come into schools and just talk to teachers, talk to librarians, talk to thousands of students. I'd be sitting there sometimes for two hours signing books, if you can imagine. We were selling about 40 percent. So if there was like 200 students, we'd sell about 80 books, which is just in and of itself un, un, unheard of. Uh, and asking them, you know, asking them what they thought about the presentation, what they, do they like to read, how often do they read, you know, are they, you know, what, what do they what do they enjoy doing, what do they want to do when they grow up? And it was just, it was great to sort of have that sort of white paper research project behind it. But really what we're dealing with is a system that, that was in place, you know, in the 19th century, it's based on the factory model. Sir Ken Robinson, TED Talks, there's three of them, talks really in depth about this, he does a great job about it. And they were never really in, in, in um, the, the whole focus of that school system was really to train people for the workforce mm -hmm. and train them for the factories. And that has never really changed. Now, I was very fortunate. I grew up in Corona Mar. 
uh, Southern California, Newport Beach. And I had a great elementary school. I had a wonderful sixth grade teacher. She was extremely creative and we can kind of circle back to that. So I was very fortunate, but just decade after decade, and, and it's and it's a planned system to really get kids, you know, into a narrow, narrow thinking to follow, not to, not to, not to be creative, not to be leaders. I could share some, some stats and statistics yeah. that I think will br- really bring it home. But um, starts with this, George Land, he, um, he's a famous researcher and writer. He, he was hired, uh, uh, to to um, create a creativity test for NASA. Now that's a whole other story. But needless to say, the, the the astronauts, you know, not only needed it to be analytical and mathematical, but they needed to be creative, you know, so they could look at things from a different way and brainstorm and work themselves out of problems. And so he created this creativity test. It was very successful. And then he put it into the school system, and he tracked it for twenty years. And he was te- and he was um, uh, testing five year olds and five year olds. We're scoring 98%. So basically 98 out of 100 five-year-olds were little geniuses, as pretty much every single child is. They're, they're creative. They're extraordinary. He tested them again at 10, and the score dropped down to 30%. He tested them again at 15, and the score had dropped down to 12%. So you had that from going from 98% to 10% in 10 years based on the educational system, specifically the public system. And so schools were teaching creativity out of students. And um, and it's interesting. So um, another one, uh, Dr. Kim, she's a wonderful uh, researcher and writer. She wrote a book that came out, I think, about five, seven years ago called called The Creativity Crisis. And she literally looked at scores over 20 years, hundreds of thousands of scores of students. And she found that um, since the 1990s, schools have killed curiosities and passions, narrowed visions, lowered expectations, stifled risk taking destroyed collaboration, narrowed minds, killed deep thoughts and imagination, forced conformity, solidified hierarchy. Does that sound like exactly where we are? And it says, as a result, children have become less emotionally um, expressive, less energetic, less humorous, less imaginative, less talkative and verbally verbally expressive, less uncontroversial, less lively and passionate, less perceptive and less likely to see things from a different angle. So this is all based on real research. Now, on the other side of that, we're in a creativity crisis and have been for 30 years across the nation. And it's getting worse. And especially in those 10 areas, it's, it's like a 45 degree angle every year. It's just going down. Wow. Number, but on the other side of that, creativity is the number one most important skill set uh, globally. Like if you ask, like, is it engineering? Is it mathematics? Is it, is it AI? Is it, is it technology? No, it's creativity. Creativity is the number one most desired skill. In fact, creative applicants are preferred five to one, if not 10 to one over other applicants because creative, through creativity, you can change, you can adjust, you can manage, you think for yourself, you can, you can think outside the box, you can do a hundred other things. In fact, if you have a musical background and you play an instrument and read music, you're, you're usually hired 10 to one because they know that people that have that background are better managers, better under crisis, um, uh, better at solving problems and just better leaders. Isn't that interesting? If you're that because dad, I played it, tuba yeah. and I was in theater and I was in football. I did all those fun, creative things. So I guess I, I did pretty darn yeah. good at the, back, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, But on the other side of that, I think two things. One is I think we're in a uh, educational reformation, much like Martin Luther 500 years ago and, and, and the cat's out of the box. You know what I mean? It's, it's yep. been, it's, it's, it's happening and um, which is exciting. And that's oh, yeah. an exciting thing. And we're also in a, in a homeschool, revolution. In in the last two and a half years, we've gone from 5 million to over 15 million homeschoolers. And I have seen in my research and boots on the ground, homeschool kids are the the best, best, well-rounded, smartest, 
um, incredible students I've ever met. I mean, like at 12 or 13, I mean, they're, they're not, you know, fidgety and, and stuff. They're, they're very, they're very focused. They listen to you. They ask good questions. They're grounded. They're often two to three grades ahead. Uh, by 16, they're already taking college courses. And this is really across the board because with homeschooling, it's just the right environment and you're not forced. Your, your, your only qualification to be in the classroom is that you're 12. You know what I mean? Right. And you're just, and, and, and you're all taught the same. And it's just like the entire system doesn't work and it's done. And so it is, it's the last days of the, of the public system. And I know there's this going on over here and this controversy over here. And yeah, it's going to hang on just like the end, end days of Nazi Germany. It's like what I say, it's going to fight and kick and scream yep. until the end. But as far as I'm considering, it's the beginning of the end of the old, old educational model. We have over a thousand charter schools in California. What does that tell you? Yeah. And that, that's, you know, that's just a different system. In California. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, they're trying to shut that down and they're trying to limit homeschooling and stuff. But again, you know, good luck with that. So, yeah. Um, so a lot, a lot is happening, you know, it's like, and it's, and it's incredible. So a lot of parents, and, I, and I'll say this real quick, because yeah. when I was coming back from my tour and it was in March, 2020, and I was in Memphis, Tennessee, just did four schools back to back when all this nonsense was happening. And I thought, Oh no. And I was so excited to be in, in the heart of America. And I couldn't wait to get up to like Kentucky and Indiana where you live, you know, and get up to Ohio and new England and all of that down South. I had to turn around and drive all the way back. And I was thinking to myself, I said, it's going to be very interesting to see how many students return to, to the traditional school once this whole thing is over. And people were saying, what do you mean? And I said, I'm basing it on three things. I said, number one, for the first time, parents are going to realize and be horrified by what their children are being subjected to in, in the classroom, what they're being taught, and some of the just absolute crazy nonsense. Number two, uh, how far behind? some of their kids are in certain subjects that they shouldn't be. And number three, when they sit down and can concentrate on their on their project for the day, reading or an assignment, that they can actually be done with everything within two to three hours and have the rest of the day to create, to play, to, to be a kid and grow up instead of being in some institution for eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, five days, you know, five days a week. So, yeah. Well, and how about this? Because I think as we go towards the tail end of the episode here, I am going to tease this before we go into this. I, I, I think folks are, are hearing what we're outlining today and they're like, yeah, I, I, I want to get involved. I want to get you know motivated to help change things, right? And I guess laying out that blueprint, what's the best blueprint? I'm going to ask Chad for you to give us your best case uh, scenario of what folks can, I guess, bring forward to help make some real change. Sure. But first... We got to go ahead and pay the bills, yeah. which means we got to go ahead and give a shout out to today's sponsor, Cardio Miracle. I am a huge Cardio Miracle believer. I've been using it for about four and a half months now. And, and folks, you hear me say it every episode, the Cardio Miracle difference is real. So if you are like me and you want boundless energy, optimal heart health, and of course, a fresh start, look no further than Cardio Miracle because this revolutionary natural supplement increases nitric oxide levels to help relax your blood vessels, reduce your blood pressure, and strengthen your cardiovascular system. So by boosting circulation and blood flow, Cardio Miracle delivers more oxygen and nutrients to your body cells, which means you're going to feel the difference with enhanced energy, reduced fatigue, better sleep, enhanced sexual health, and of course, protected heart function. And optimized nitric oxide levels lead to lower inflammation as well. So if you want to join the thousands of other folks who have transformed their health with Cardio Miracle, visit CardioMiracle.com today and use code TBNS for 15% 
off your purchase. Make the choice to take charge of your heart health and experience renewed energy and embrace a healthier, happier life powered by Cardio Miracle. One more time, CardioMiracle.com. Code TBNS at checkout for 15% off your order. Your heart will thank you. And oh, by the way, there's a money back guarantee. So you literally have nothing to lose. 52 ingredients, all in one drink, the finest heart health supplement in the world. CardioMiracle.com, code TBNS at checkout. All right, Chad, what can we do? What what can the, the average person listening today, what can they do to help change the way that their kids are learning or maybe to help make an impact in their school districts, to help maybe make some impacts in just a normal kid's life that's in their lives? What would you make as a recommendation there? Yeah, and I mean, childhood obviously is the most absolutely important influential time, you know, of, of a person's life and uh, starting at a young age, five to six to seven. And so, you know, there's some good schools out there. There's some good public schools. There's some good private schools. I would monitor monitor them like crazy. You know, if you're happy with the school and your child's doing well, that's great. But most of them are, are just, they keep going off the reservation. And I would really recommend homeschooling. And I think people think, oh, we're, you know, both of us work, we can't stay home. And I think homeschooling is, has changed so dramatically that literally instead of dropping them off at a, school, you can drop them off at a homeschool group. And so there's so many different varieties for the homeschool model. That's incredible. And, and I would just say, you know, give it a try for a semester or for a year and see how your child does and how they flourish and and, and how they transform. But with that said, on the educational standpoint, I, I don't think you can spend enough time with your kids doing fun things and creative things, uh, even if it's just once a week. And like Saturday afternoons is always family day. And maybe you guys go to the park and you just play. Maybe you go down to the beach or, or the lakefront and you walk the shore. You look at trees. You look at, you know, birds. You just have fun. You explore. You go to museums. Um, you go to uh, downtown city. And you look at some of the architecture. You start doing creative exercises. Maybe you guys get together and you write a book. And you say, this month, we're going to put together a short story. Um, where does it take place? Hmm. Who's our main character? And you just start having fun like that. Now, look, trust me, you'll have a great time. But your kids will be so impacted. The one thing that because uh, because all the other stuff about um, uh, you know, the nonsense about the brain or, or genetics, that's all that's all nonsense. Oh, my kid wasn't born. You're, most kids are all born the same way. They're all born creative. They're all they're all born extraordinary. They all have wonderful gifts, but they can never if you don't give them opportunities to find their gift, or to find their voice, or to find that that thing that really hits home, then they'll be lost in the matrix, if you will. And end up working at some horribly boring job, and so by giving by by giving them opportunities, opportunities is the key thing. And everything I, I said right now isn't throwing money at it. You know, if you have money, great. You know, uh, t- take them on a on a wonderful trip across the United States, or maybe you guys, if you live in California, you can drive all the way up, you know, Coast Highway, and, and you know, just see see as much as you can, do as much as you can, because I, I guarantee you, these type of things will impress on them eight, nine, ten years old for the rest of them life for the rest of their lives and will influence them. It was that sixth grade class, that teacher that uh, gave us an, an assignment to write a book, 25 pages, you know, yikes, right? But it was a paragraph and a picture and stuff. And I'm not a writer and I wasn't much of a reader, but I sat down and I learned to write what I love and what I know. And that was, I love James Bond movies. And so my first official book was James Bond, Eat Your Heart Out. And here I am 40 years later, you know, launching a global series. And it was because of that opportunity that I found a voice. I found that it was fun to write. I found it was fun to create. And um, and that stuck with me. I didn't finish the assignment and think I'm gonna be an author, but it was there, that seed was planted. And what you wanna do right now is you wanna seed, you wanna plant those seeds. You know, if they wanna play a musical instrument, go out and rent one. If they get burned out after three weeks, get them another one. You know, get them an easel if they wanna paint. You know, if they get burned out, 
fantastic. Then get them something else. You know, just just give them as many opportunities and instruments and, and things and spend time with them and have fun with them and put that creativity back into them if they're not getting it at school. And even if they are, you know, build on it. So, Chad, um, I really can't thank you enough for joining us today. Th- this this is probably one of the most important episodes we've had here in the show in recent memory. And here's why, folks. And this will be my final thoughts. Um, we we lose the future when we don't address the future. So the future is our kids. And if we're not going out and trying to set not just the example, but to model that example for our children, like you outlined there, Chad, going through having that Saturday where you spend time with your kids. I love the idea of you know, writing a story. because It's so easy. Just like go to chat GPT and be like, Create a story framework for, you know, uh, three exactly. fam- And It's like, where's the creativity? Let's have some fun, be with the family, and, and really not just help teach your kid how to be creative, but build memories. Because when you fast forward 50 years... It, it's not going to be, you know, the 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 random night, you know, the, the dinner you had that the that got burned, or you know, the the time you were <laughs> yeah. late to the, you know, the, the one meeting. What you're going to think about is the time you were sitting with your kids and you were you were making these memories, and and that's what matters, right? It's not sure. it's not the other the other stuff. And frankly, we want our kids to be able to 50 years from now be able to model that for their kids and their grandkids, and. We don't want that to get lost. I mean, I, I constantly use this example. Like, I'll say, hey, folks, think of your great, 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 three greats, grandfather. <laughs> Tell me about him. You'll get deer in the headlights look. And I'm like, that right there. <laughs> that is the problem. That's where I get scared because we have become so focused on, it's like this first person uh, identity syndrome where it's like, we are the first person in our own book and we think that only what we do matters. But what really matters is the the legacy that we leave and the impact we leave to help kids, the future, learn how to help their kids in the future continue being creative and to continue building really the, the foundational pillars of society. And, and that is the, the, the family structure, right? It, it is not the one individual. It is not a mass like blob of gray collective it is it is the pillars of the society that we built up around the family and that is so crucial it's so important chad i'm so thankful that you joined us today to, to talk about that and frankly i i think it's super important for folks like you who have that creative bug in the in the gift of being able to sit down and articulate our ideas into just a, a great story that anybody can pick up digest and feel like yeah this is something that i can see myself in because it isn't fantastical. It isn't, you know, again, it's not wizards in in space uh, with uh, with lightsabers and magic wands, but rather it's real people making a real impact in our real world. That's my final thoughts. Chad, you have anything for us on your end? Yeah, just uh, one of my favorite quotes is by Amelia Earhart. She says, what do dreams know of boundaries? And I just love that, you know, take a, remove the words no and, and don't and can't from your vocabulary and figure out ways to do things. And that's what we've done with Britfield. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, we're, we're, we're like, we're like a trendsetter in so many things that we're doing. And it's like, well, you don't do it that way. And it's just like, well, why not? And I think we're at that time in history right now that it's just like, just go for it. And, um, and don't follow, don't follow the norm. You know what I mean? If you have an idea, you know, pursue that idea, uh, check us out at Britfield.com, our website. It's an award-winning website. If you, 
if you buy um, book one and you're reading through it, it's great because we've got over 400 pictures of England, all the places that Tom and Sarah go. We have interactive maps, over 100 pages of information. If you buy on the website, you get a signed book. Won't be doing too much of that because we're getting busy with the movie and uh, our global tours. But um, check us out, support us. You know, we we, we love your feedback. I, you know, I just I received an email from um from a, a older woman in, in the Netherlands that just uh, we shipped out book four book three to her. And she says, I absolutely love the Britfield series. I've never read anything like it. Can't wait till you're over here in the bookstores. Uh, we had a 93 year old woman that wow. read it in five hours. You know, we had um, we had we have we have students from all over the world that are just, you know, c coming back so excited. You know, when's book four coming? And I just I love it. I love that we're hitting our target. Our beachhead just to, just to build on what you said, our yeah. beachhead has always been. Um, elementary and middle school. You know, we're we're invested in the next generation of kids, and so if you're called to current uh, current affairs and politics right now, so be it. Do the best you can and fight until the end. You know, um, anything worth anything of value takes a lot of time, and the same thing is with your kids, of, of course. You know, but it's just like that doesn't work, or they're not engaged. Find something that engages them. Find something that works. Chad Stewart, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us. And folks, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you know the drill. Go ahead and give it a share. When you do, please tag yours truly over on X as well as over on Facebook at B Nichols Liberty. Chad, where can folks go ahead and find you? They want to continue the conversation, but also where can they go ahead and purchase their copy of Britfield today? Yeah, uh, Britfield.com website's great. I might work on Amazon. It's it's easy. I get that, but you don't get a signed copy if you go to Amazon. But, <laughs> but would, you know, but appreciate it and appreciate the support. And um, and then and then Barnes and Noble, pretty much all all platforms. Uh, the book is available. And and uh, actually next year we'll start rolling into all major bookstores, uh, libraries. We're in a lot of libraries now. We're in thousands of schools across the nation. Book one's actually being taught in hundreds of schools right now this semester because we have a 83 page study guide. It's designed to teach in the classroom <laughs> or at home, homeschool. I love it. So, yeah, get the kids engaged. It's fun. And we have we have parents that are like that have created the Britfield board game out of out of the book. Um, <laughs> I, we I, I surprised a 13 year old um, uh, student and her parents for her 13th birthday a couple of weeks ago, and she was like just blown away. They're like, "Would you come to her? You know, come to lunch and surprise her?" Because I'm like I'm her favorite author. Britfield's her favorite series, which is a huge honor. But she's like, yeah, we started a Britfield club with my friends and we, we play the characters. And I just love when the book takes on its own life because <laughs> that's the idea of it, right? I mean, I write the best story I possibly can, but kids pick up things and they want to get involved. We had um, we had this uh, what, one uh, one reader, she's like 12 years old, and she, create her, she turned her room into an explorer room. <laughs> I just thought, how cool is that? It's got a bunch of maps and stuff. And so I love the type of real, authentic, creative, impact we're having on kids because that's our focus this is great stuff chad thank you for joining us and folks again uh thank you for joining us with that being said where can you find our our shows we're we're all over the place you can find us well you found us somewhere uh just in case uh you, you found us in the one spot that i'm not talking about i want to let you know where else you can find us so if you're looking for us on the video uh version of the show youtube rumble Sovereign, which is Ben Swan's awesome entity, S-O-V-R-E-N, which, by the way, if you're joining us over there, congratulations, you're seeing today's episode before anybody else as a Sovereign exclusive, and also X.com, we upload our entire 
episodes in their entirety. Yes, over on x.com. So go ahead, give us some love there. But if you are joining us on the more traditional platforms like your YouTubes, well, regardless, go ahead, give me a subscribe, give us a subscribe, give this episode a like and a share. And of course, when you do, please go down below in the comments. Let us know your thoughts. Have you read the Britfield books yet? Let us know if you enjoy them and you found that your creative skills were improved as well. We'd love to hear about that. And also, we are, yes, a podcast. So where can you go ahead and find the podcast? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube Music, wherever it is you get your podcast. Just do me a favor, hit that subscribe button. And of course, hit download all unplayed episodes. We have over 772 episodes here on The Brian Nichols Show. I guarantee all of them will leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. And speaking of which, if you are joining us here on YouTube today, well, thank you. Stick around. We're going to go ahead and uh, have a great conversation with our good friend, Jack Lloyd, talking about being creative. He writes comic books, and he uh, he's helping change the culture with the Voluntarist series. If you want to go ahead and check that ep- uh, episode out, it'll be popping up right about here. But otherwise, if you're joining us on the audio versions, head to briannicholshow.com. You can find all of our other episodes over there. But With that being said, that's all we have for you today. Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Chad Stewart. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.